Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Hubbard Feeds, research-driven and focused on helping you achieve your goals. When it comes to raising healthy animals, you need more than the right solutions. You need the right partner who brings decades of industry expertise and a global team to put that knowledge to work for the advancement of your operation. At Fibro Animal Health Corporation, we are proud to work with you as your trusted partner. I'm your host, Clayton Chastain, and today we have with us Dr. Ryan Samuel, an assistant professor of monogastric nutrition at South Dakota State University. So, Dr. Samuel, before we get started, would you mind giving the audience a short introduction about yourself? Very good. Happy to be here. So, I am originally from uh, Alberta, Canada, and there I grew up doing uh, weekends and summers, if you will, on uh, my uncle's and my cousin's hog farms, and so got into the interest of swine nutrition because when I was working on my uncle's hog farm, especially looking at the, in the sows in the lactation room, we were feeding them all the same, and yet we're seeing a lot of different responses in body condition of those sows and then their offspring. And so it sort of piqued my interest into swine nutrition is what it is that we're, we don't know or what is it we don't understand and we can order to feed those sows better. And then from that, just kind of expanded off into swine nutrition and what can we do to the sow and how can we get those pigs on feed and then that grow finish space as well. So got an interest into amino acids and was able to work with Dr. Ron Ball at the University of Alberta for my master's and PhD, looking at energy metabolism and then protein metabolism and turnover of those, of those uh, pregnant and non-pregnant sows and looking at the information that we get on the amino acid side and some of the responses to how they differentiate between energy responses versus those protein responses. Gotcha. So I've read your study about looking at branched chain amino acid to lysine ratios in swine diets and looking at things such as carcass data, growth performance, and economics. Would you mind telling us about that study? Sure. So we ran a study here that was funded by the National Pork Board. And what we were looking at specifically in that study is we had five different treatments. And the reason we came up with these five different treatments was based on work that David Kleiser had done here previous to that, looking at some of the branch chain amino acids to lysine ratios and also the large neutral amino acids to lysine ratios in those grow finish pigs, specifically looking at what it is with corn DDGS, why it is that we don't get the performance equal to a corn, soy, bean meal diet that we could. So we're looking at ways that we could then benefit from that and improving the amino acid ratios, and the balances thereof. So, of course, uh, we all know that Henrik Simon did a lot of work on that review paper, and then Hayden Kirkhart as well did the work thereafter. And so a lot of David's work was built up off of that information, and then we just wanted to continue that information and look at those individual amino acids and see what responses uh, there were to those, because it's really those imbalances that we think that lead to the decrease in performance. So for provo- providing the right amino acid ratios, then those pigs can't utilize them effectively. And then we see those reductions in performance. So that's really what we looked at. And then we sort of combined the work that David had done, formulated those diets. So looking at 
a specific isoleucine, leucine, valine ratios to lysine, and then trying to see if we could then put those individual studies that David had done together, and if we put them together, what would be the impact of those on those grow finished hogs when we did that and fed them in the with the corn DGS diet. So going trying to go kind of high with there with about thirty percent corn DGS in the grower period and then twenty percent in the finisher period. Really limited on formulation levels, so how much we can put in because if we get that leucine inclusion too high over the one hundred fifty percent, that's really where all told, but that's where we start to see troubles with, uh, with imbalances there. So trying to reduce, you know, limit how much leucine we're getting in, uh, but make sure we're getting enough to that, that 30, 20, 30% kind of a high inclusion of corn GS. So really the, so that was kind of how we got what, where we were. And so in this particular study, we had that five different treatments. So we had a positive control. So we did the corn soybean meal diet, trying to see what performance just would be on a standard diet. Then we had a negative control. We didn't make any adjustments. The idea behind there to see what it is, if we just put those corn DGS, high corn DGS diets together, how do those pigs perform? We then adjusted the ratios of amino acids for the grower period based on work that David had seen versus the grower versus the finisher. We looked at those ratios for the finisher period that we had previously determined. And then we did a treatment where we looked at if we fed those ratios in the just the, in the grower and then we adjusted them in the finisher through those diets uh, we would see an, a different effect in in that case so trying to see which of those would give us the best performance uh, response to feeding those diets so so what we looked at in our south dakota state university off-site wean to finish facility this holds 1200 head uh, so we had 45 pens so we had nine pens per per treatment and 26 pigs per pen in those in those treatments. And so we were able to feed those pigs to the grow finish period and then look at responses. So um, big takeaway there was really in that finisher. So when you fed the finish levels of amino acids, so the higher levels of branched-chain amino acids to lysine ratios, all the way through the grower period and through the finisher period, that's where we saw those pigs seem to perform as well as the corn soy or the positive control. And then we saw reduced performance, obviously, in the negative control when we fed just the grower levels of inclusion, branched-chain amino acids. And then in the grow finish, we didn't see as well as the corn soy. So that finished diet really, with those amino acid ratios, really performed as well as the corn soy diet. And we didn't see any economic uh, benefits. And as we know, the ebb and flow of prices of corn prices versus corn DGS. Yes, uh, in this particular price scenario that we worked with, we didn't see any economic benefits from that. The one uh, negative that we did see was we saw a greater IV value on that finish diet. So even though they performed as well as the corn soy positive control, we did see a little bit greater IV value in the carcass. And so that's something to further consider at and look at uh, in the future. Yeah, so on that finished diet you mentioned, um, you said it had the reduced carcass yield and the higher iodine value. So what do you hypothesize uh, caused that exactly? Do you think that the energy uh, was higher in those diets? Our belief is that with the formulation, we ended up with a little more corn, a little more corn oil. And so bringing in that corn oil 
from the energy, as you pointed out, seem to have brought in and increased that iodine value. So something in the formulation strategy, if we were to consider to move away from corn oil and something that would give us a more saturated fat, we could easily solve that, uh, we believe. So that's most likely just a simple formulation strategy change that we could uh, impact that. Gotcha. So one other question I had. Uh, so you said the finished diet, I believe, had the higher nitrogen, leucine, and valine in the plasma. And oftentimes with those blood levels, you got to um, kind of be careful when looking at them to see if it's due to like the body under utilizing the resources or nutrients that's provided or due to the increased supplementation. So thusly, there's just more access available. Um, so when digging into that, how would you describe that response that you saw in the study? Sure. So in the feeding, the finished levels of branched chain amino acids to lysine through that whole crow finish period, we were, as you said, oversupplying, potentially oversupplying in that grower period, um, but then meeting the requirements in that finisher period. So we didn't see those raised amino acid profile, plasma amino acid in the, in the finish period, but we did see in the grower period. So most likely what it is, is yeah, we were oversupplying those particular amino acids in the grower period. And then we were meeting requirements in the, in the finisher period. So there's potential for reducing those specific amino acid levels. Uh, but everything else that just say when we didn't see those other plasma levels raised suggests that we were meeting those requirements, but just those particular ones we remember oversupplying. So we could do some slight formulation changes there, uh, potentially save a few bucks here and there on uh, maybe formulation, not oversupplying amino acids. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Animin, international supplier of bioavailable precision minerals to impact pigs' gut health. DSM can help you prepare, protect, and support resilience in your piglets providing local swine expertise and complete tailor-made solutions to help you achieve your vision. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of pig care. Gotcha. So I think that's all we have time for, but thank you for coming on the show and sharing the results of your study with us. All right. Thanks very much. Yep. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey everyone, we're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and share it with us, feel free to email the details about your research to hello at wisenetics.com.